I'm Charlie Penn. And I'm Corey Murray. And you're listening to Yes, yes Girl. Girl. Today, oh. Is it Friday yet? Leave this in. Leave this in. This is how we feel. People have been saying how this week is the longest short week ever. You know why. That's that's what happens after a three-day. Y'all, we're going to get it together. We're going to get it together. We're going to do it again. Okay. We're going to try this again. Okay. I'm Charlie Penn. And I'm Corey Murray. And you're listening to... Yes, girl. Today, we're talking to John David Washington about his new epic film, Tenet. And stick around afterward because you don't want to miss our good Kiki with Uncle Clifford, y'all, owner of The Pink, a.k.a. Nico Annan. Oh, my God, Charlie. First of all, I know we've gone in depth about how crazy, crazy, crazy 2020 has been in all the things. But my saving grace has been the film and TV shows that I have been watching. Black has been... So amazing and so excellent on our screens this year, right? And we have to celebrate. We've owned Sunday nights between P Valley, Lovecraft, and The Shy this summer. Exactly. I, feel like exactly. I didn't go anywhere on Sundays. Nope. Uh, big screen, right? Tenet is a huge movie, and it's led by none other than John David Washington as the leading man. I am risking a theater experience for Tenet. Okay, let's be real. Oh, you're going to double mask it and go, Corey? Double mask it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to double mask. I'm going to bring my holy water. And I'm just going to, you know, have my little can of Lysol and spray you know, it all around me. You know, they sell the full suits on Amazon. Just FYI, if you're feeling like you might be exposed from the front, the back, and the side in the theater. What you need to do is get there really early and sit at the top in the corner. So that's nobody good, is behind you, right? Or near you. And you can see every sneeze that occurs. And also, I'm going to peep the early morning show. So when New York City opens up, I'm going to be yes. in the top in the corner at about 11 a.m. Well, that's a good plan. But like the way John David talked it up, I am so, I've, I've got to experience it on the screen. I've got it. I have to see it on big screen. You know, I love a good action thriller. We're getting, basically, guys, we're getting our Black James Bond moment. It's not the Bond franchise, but it's better because it's a whole new franchise. And a Chris, Chris Nolan film? I mean, Hello? What, Corey, which ones did he do? All the epic ones. Oh, Inception, The Dark Damn. Knight, Damn. Interstellar, Damn. Memento, which I still have questions about Memento. And that was know, plus 10 years ago. This is a moment for John David Washington. And it, it's John David, y'all. Get it right. It's not John. It's not David. It's John, it's David. John David. Put some respect on his name. Yeah. Another person who gave us respect on his name, even a little background on it, is Nico Annan. Cannon, like cannon. Like cannon, okay? <laughs> and he also said, it's how Kofi says his name, Kofi Annan. Oh, because those are my Ghanaian brothers. Those are your Ghanaian brothers. You know? Speaking of brothers, Charlie Penn, can we talk about the fineness of the men who frequent the pink? I mean, I know wow. there's a lot of talk about the women. And Mercedes, Mississippi, Autumn, we're all for him. And now that we know what Autumn has been really up to, because she is, she's been hiding that well. She's been hiding that well. So well. But the men she's of the whole scammer. Oh my God. Somebody tweeted that little murder is sexy. And I was like, you know what he is? And he's a whole drummer. A whole drummer, y'all. Actor J. Alphonse Nicholson, because Corey, you know, it was murder night for real for me. I had to go all through the gram, do an instant investigation, find out what little murder was really like. So the actor J. Alphonse Nicholson is an amazing drummer. Go figure. And you know what I'm just reading to? He's happily married. I mean, I'm happy for his wife. I'm happy for happily his Happily married. Happily married. But anyway, but he's still cute. We can still look. And, and diamonds. Diamond. Tyler yeah. Lindley. Hello. Y'all Hello. know him from the have and have nots. You already know about the finest, but I just love his intensity on P-Valley. You know, like he's just like, he was looking out for Mississippi. Although Mississippi, she turned on him in the end. As that was heartbreaking. Always do, girl, as victims often do. But you know what? I'm glad we were able to ask Nico his thoughts on why Mississippi decided not to just let him just completely obliterate. I mean, I know it's violent. I don't mean to be violent, but at least continue giving her baby daddy a good slap and a no. Don't ever put your hands on her again. He was offering her a way out. 
He and was. She didn't want to take it. You know what I mean? So I guess we got to wait around the season two to see what that's about. And Corey, Ooh. you got some clues for whose blood that was? I know. And Corey got some, you got some answers. I had to ask because then, you know, Mercedes was shook. She was so shook. I know. I didn't like seeing my girl Mercedes. And then Patrice like Woodbine, she turned her back on her daughter again. Can Mercedes get her last dance, bro? <laughs> I just, I want to see it. Sis has skills. She does have skills. I was ready. And can we talk about Cuddy Buddy cameo? He will forever yes. be Cuddy Buddy to me. He really is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Thomas Q. Jones. <laughs> but you Please. know what? Mercedes this is, neighbor. This is getting me excited, though, for who they could possibly pull in for next for next season. Ugh. Ugh. And, la- and, and rule number one at the pink. Let the stage be a stepping stone, not your tombstone. So I feel like this whole season was a stepping stone for what's to come next. And I'm happy it's already greenlit for season two. Yep. So, Charlie, before we wrap up, I want to give you some more shows that you should try to get into this month. Okay, let's see. Let me see if I've been watching. In September. Well, they're coming. They're new. Oh, they're coming. New, new. They're new, new. Just like P-Valley has been. Okay. So I want you to check out Woke on Hulu. It's a comedy. With okay. Lamar Morris, I think okay. you're going to like that. You know, Power okay. Power Book 2 is out. I know. He's going to get some, Tariq going to get some redemption. Uh, I can't with Tariq. I, I love y'all, but I'm, I'm not watching. But he says, he told us that he, people are going to like him this year. People are going to like him now. It's too late for me. Oh. All right. All right. I, but I, but go ahead. Continue. Okay. <laughs> There's a great new series on HBO called We Are Who We Are. And actually, I watched a trailer for it and it's on my queue to watch next because um, I'm going to do a little bit of a deep dive. But Kid Cudi's in it. He's going to be a mi- 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 military vet. Okay. Also, Samuel L. Jackson and his wife, Latanya Richardson, they're going to go to Africa and trace their roots. Ooh. Series called Enslaved. And I'm also here for the Amber Ruffin show. So Amber Ruffin, she, we have been seeing her crack jokes, do her skits on a late night with Seth Meyers. But her girlfriend is getting her whole own show called the Amber Ruffin Show that's going to be on Peacock starting September 25th. So I'm excited for that. She's going to be one of the few Black women who's had a late night talk show. Cheers to uh, Toast to Robin Thede, friend to the pod. My uh, we are still missing the rundown, but I'm hearing that, the, that a Black lady sketch show Maybe coming back sooner than sooner than soon. Ooh. I know. Uh, not 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 in the fall, but definitely coming back. And then yeah, last to wrap up everything is Utopia on Amazon Prime. And that's gonna give us this new new star. So I'm excited. Things are happening. September is just just kicking off. Oh, oh, one more thing that's coming. Oh, wow, that's wow. coming. Fargo. Now I know that isn't new, but Chris Rock. Right, he's he's starring on the new season. He's starring on the new season. Oh, you know. So I just have a feeling it's going to feel brand new. I've, I'll be honest; I've only watched the movie, so I know you know I know the basis. But I'm excited to kind of dig in deep and fresh. With and you know, Chris Rock can give you a good crazy character, and he looked crazy in the trailer. Mm-hmm. He looks crazy in the trailer. Here for it. But let's get into first our interview with John David Washington, and and stick around for Nico Annan. Hey, Charlie Penn. Hi, Corey Murray. You know how I feel. I'm excited for today's interview. You know how I get when we're talking to somebody in a movie we can't wait to see. Girl, when I read this, shout out to The Root because they had the best tagline for this film. They said, Tenet isn't a time travel movie, but can we time travel out of 2020? (laughs) I just love it. But, But one thing I will say 2020 has blessed us with is John David Washington Mm -hmm. in the lead of Tenet, a Christopher Nolan film. Hello. And if you're not about Christopher Nolan's life, then get into it. Get into it. But let's get into this conversation with John David Washington. <laughs> Hi, John David. <laughs> He's coming in laughing. We're doing the most, right? Where, can you tell we're excited? Yeah, I love that. I love the setup. Like That was great. I'm in. I'm locked in. I'm tuned in for sure. <laughs> Congratulations. This is okay. epic. Yeah. Epic. Right, so, I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly blessed. Um, it's a dream come true. Uh, Christopher Nolan being a part of something he, he's doing um, is just every actor's dream, I think. And um, the position that he picked, that he chose me for um, is even more of a blessing. I'm just overwhelmed with joy and excitement and anticipation to see what the, the people think about it. 
So before we deep dive into tenant, we want to go back just a little bit because you played professional football for like six whole years. So you had like a whole job. So, (laughs) and you know, we know your background, you, you, you were raised up in a family of actors, but what made you switch to say, yo, hand me that script. Let me, let me, let me take a look. Let me have it. Yo, hand me that script, right? It happened just like that. You, you got my quote. You can, you can mark that down. I, uh, well, I mean, I was really, I was hiding my love for it my entire life. I loved, I wanted to do this my entire life, what I'm doing now, acting, being into the, in the movie business. Um, but also was, you know, seeking for an identity. Um, I wanted to be my own person, my own man. Um, and I seemed to, um, I, I found joy in my, as I was getting more successful on the football field, I was starting to get more, uh, it seemed like I was getting more respect for me, for, for who I was as a human being, as, as my own man. So, um, you know, I just started feeling good. And then, you know, I, I started getting better at football. I started getting more attention uh, nationally. Um, and it provided a, a way to uh, pay for my school. So I felt independent. I was like, well, mission accomplished. I got a scholarship. I, uh, I guess this is what I'll do then. Um, but the entire time I was, I was really masking my love for the art. Were you like sneaking off to art house movies in between oh, practices? I mean, all the, yeah, all the time. I was like, I, I was really getting into like Stanley Kubrick movies, uh, in college. I'm like, you know, I went to Morehouse college. I was looking at all these different films, like on, on my, on my days off of football practice and, um, uh, I, I, I just, I've always loved it. I mean, I'm, I made a film when I was in middle school, I edited a film, wrote, directed it. Um, so uh, I was like, I was always doing it on the side. I was also painting in high school. Uh, Mr. Tremonti, my high school teacher, uh, said I could actually get an a art scholarship if I, if I really wanted it. She believed in me that much. So I was always, you know, in the arts, you know, almost um, it was it was a friendly neighbor to being this jock, you know, and I kind of got into character. I stayed in character with this, at being this football player. And uh, and again, like I said, it was a, in a, it was an emotionally charged uh, sort of crusade of independence um, being a football player. But the entire time I'm like, I really want to do what I'm doing now. I would like to take this brief interruption to say there is nothing like a Morehouse man as a Spellman woman. Just one in court. I never get to do this. So I've Thank just you. told y'all had all this power at Hampton, John David. So you know what we just need to have our moment real quick. This is important. Let us have it. Thank okay. you, everybody. You must know. Everyone. I'll, let, yes, I'll, I'll take my Hampton, my Hampton to do. I'll step okay. out. He said okay. more house. Okay, the house. All right, we're back. Thank you. Thank you. And we're back. Focus. And we're back. Because that's no, how we do. You said we can focus and we can get right back to it. Right that's back to business. It. We just had to give y'all that PSA for black excellence. Okay. Now, in Tenet, you play the protagonist. And, you know, yeah. Corey and I were so excited because, you know, we've all been saying this. It's giving us that Black spy hero, James Bond vibes. How did you bring that script to life to the screen? And what would you say you brought to this character? Um, what did I, Well, you know, it, it's it was an interesting process for me as an actor. I, I, I'm used to working inside out, meaning, you know, trying to track emotionally, um, where the character is, you know, um, scene to scene. And uh, when I when I go into it, you know, a lot of journaling, a lot of uh, just, re- you know, character research, um, you know, in, in documentaries or whatever, what have you. Um, but a lot of which informs me of who the guy is. But in this case, it was it was interesting because a lot of the combat training um, really informed me who the guy is. I mean, we, we trained for about two months before principal photography started. And, um, you know, every day I was going two days, sometimes three days. Um, and something, and, and in those days, I was finding myself exhausted for one, but also finding uh, a, a, this kind of interesting and, and new feeling of confidence due to the movements that I was I was able to perform. And uh, and in the inverted world, you know, the, we did, this film deals with inversion. We had to learn how to fight all different kinds of ways. Right is left, left is right, front is back, up is down. So, um that was an interesting experience. And having a football background, I felt pretty confident that I'd be able to handle the physical responsibilities. Um, however, this was super challenging because I'm used to moving forward. Everything is forward. Every, you know, you advance the ball forward in football. Uh, in this case, uh, backwards is, is good. You know, moving the other way. Uh, what I'm used to, uh, even blinking, talking, walking, 
uh, differently, inverted, uh, was all different. So all of that was able, it was fun and, and, and new for me to, um, to put into a character. And, and it sort of informed me who the guy is. So uh, it, it was very, I had so much fun uh, learning these moves. And um, that's kind of how I helped, you know, develop the character along with Christopher Nolan. I wanted to, I saw the human in this, in this man. I saw, I wanted to bring humanity to the character because a lot of times in these, in these films, in these genres, you know, there's a, there's a certain way to play it. I've seen it done a certain way and it works. I love it. But uh, there was an opportunity, I thought, here to uh, bring a real human quality into it. And uh, that's what I, you know, attempted anyway to do. I love hearing you say that because so often in this case, like some the protagonist is trying to save the world, but you're saying your character cared about the world and is trying to save right. the world and will feel that, Absolutely. right? You you nailed it. exactly. He cared, exactly. I, I I felt I felt I felt like feel like um, the character his his vulnerability, you know, um, is maybe his his greatest strength. You know, his sensitivities are 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 really more of uh, one like it gives him his superhero power. I think that's what makes him stronger and able to endure and persevere through these trials and tribulations that he goes through of saving the world. You know, um, most no of pressure. his enemies might look. Huh? What'd you say? No pressure or anything. Just the world. No, 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 no pressure at all. Right? <laughs> I mean, just casually saving the world and doing it with a uh, with an open heart. <laughs> so. Yeah. So that so that all that all that was was interesting to play. And it was on the script. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. I mean, Christopher Nolan gave me the opportunity to do that because of how it was written and what I, I felt I wanted to bring to it. Uh, he was all on board for. And uh, I really felt like a collaboration. I didn't feel like I was an uh, actor for hire. You know, I felt like a colleague. And uh, it was very encouraging because he's a legend. He's one of the best directors to ever to ever uh, be in the film industry. And here, this man who I admire, you know, so, I hold so high, um, really, really, you know, brought me in and said, well, what do you think? You know, and, and I want you, I want you to bring something to it. So uh, that's what I tried to do. You know, as a lead of Black Klansman, we know that you know what top billing is. But as you're mentioning, you are the lead of a Christopher Nolan film. I mean, that's Inception, The Dark Knight, Momentum, like all of these fantastic interstellar, all of these fantastic movies. Mm -hmm. And this movie, I mean, it literally took you around the world. Right. So what was the I mean, what was the feeling of that? I mean. Yes, things have come your way, but to when this project came your way, can you can you just tell us about this moment, or or maybe the day it wrapped and you're like, "Yo, I did that. We did. We just did that." And then also speak a little bit to the fact that everything about this movie is real in the sense that there's no green screen. Green screens. Right. You already talked about the fact you did your own stunts. So can you can you can you touch on all of those things? Well, mo, 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 no disrespect no, uh, to the stunt team, like most of them, let's say, I don't even know what the percentage, but a high, you know, a high percentage of them, I'll say, you know, for public record. But um, and I was very proud of that, by the way. But um, yeah, I, I, I feel like like Spike, you know, he's top billing. Spike Lee is number one on the call sheet. Christopher Nolan is number one on the call sheet. That being said, the responsibilities that they that they that they laid on me for their stories I'm honored and indebted to them forever because that means they had to have a, a huge amount of trust um, in me to deliver, you know, the performance they need to tell their story correctly, to tell it the the, the best way possible. Um, but I didn't feel any pressure uh, other than the pressure I just put on myself daily uh, to perform, to be at my best. That's why I train hard. That's why prep, my preparation is for me is key, you know, so on the day um, you could just let it go, let it flow. Um, you know, this, this, you know, globe trotting spy thriller is, you know, everything you, you, you hope for and more, but with the Christopher Nolan element, it's more than that because of all the genres he's able to sort of embrace and immerse into something like this. So it becomes a, a Nolan genre. So I, I knew that that actually gave me a great deal of comfort knowing that, uh, he knows what he's doing. So, uh, and it, it, it was, it was very, uh, I felt very confident that he felt like I knew what I was doing. Most of the time I did. <laughs> Sometimes I was like, uh, let's just see what happens, which he embraced, which is a part of it to me. I think sometimes not knowing exactly what you're doing and finding the, you know, natural elements that can, you know, inform a scene uh, to its, you know, 
fullest potential to to make it as um, authentic as possible is necessary, you know. And that's sometimes when you have days like that on set, it can it can inform you. The it can be indicative of the entire experience that you hopefully um, are able to share with the audience. And my my role in this film being the protagonist. I felt like uh, I'm one-to-one with the audience. What I'm going through, the, the character, the protagonist, the audience is going through. So if you don't necessarily understand the plot of everything that's going on, you do understand and track where he is in relationship to the story. So in turn, you are in the same place. And uh, that's a lot of fun uh, at the prospect of uh, being responsible for that. You know, I wasn't thinking that mostly during the shoot, but afterwards uh, I felt like, especially watching, I was like, oh, I got it. So what I'm going through is what he's going through, you know, and what I'm enjoying, you know, he's enjoying sort of thing. Um, but I just, you know, it was a great, it's a great deal of relief. And when talking about after we, we wrapped and definitely in this moment now, it's a great deal of relief that is finally getting, going to be able to be accessible to the people, to the public, you know, and given these times, this is great medicine for us. You know, it's a great form of escapism. You know, it's a, it's an event film. You know, it's 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 meant to be shared uh, safely. The experience, you know, it's not just meant to be watched, observed, but to be experienced. The IMAX is the way to do that if you want to maximize that experience. But uh, when we wrapped, I just, you know, I honestly felt, to be honest, like I accomplished something in my life, something major that my life means something that um, that was meant, you know, to be. Uh, I was meant to be doing, meant to do this, meant to meant to act in and uh, experience these these people I got to work with. Um, it's something I'll never forget. Um, a great, you know, just a, uh, just a great sense of triumph and, and accomplishment in my life because this is what I wanted to do. I mean, if you think about it, I've, since I was four or five years old, this is what I want to do. And here, this man, this legend, you know, Christopher Nolan is yelling, that's a rap on John David. I, you know, it really just, it didn't hit me until after those words, like, wow, we, we, we've done something special. Um, you never know how it's going to be received, you know, critics here and there. But um, I know that um, that I gave it my all. I gave it everything I had and everything that that has happened to me in my life to that moment. Um, you know, it, it it really it really I really appreciate goods, bads and uglies. I, I do it. I appreciate it because it brought me to that moment when we were on Warner Brothers lot and, and Christopher Nolan. Yo, that's a rap on John David. Wow. There's nothing like that moment when you step into your purpose. And I'm, that sounds wonderful. That's what you're describing. Yeah. No, it, uh, and you got lucky. You did it right before the, the whole industry shut part. down. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, we didn't. It's funny. It's funny. Like, if you asked me a year ago where you think you'll be, I'm like, well, probably traveling the world, selling the film. You know, obviously right. things have changed. And uh, the dates kept mo- get moving. Get mo- The dates kept getting moved back. However, you know, this is the perfect time for it right now. I know I, I couldn't anticipate it being like anticipated it being like this. However, you know, that was the that was the best time it could happen. So, um, again, just just injecting some medicine, some hope into into the world. I think this this provides that. Now, you were talking about escapism and I'm so excited for the action of it, the globe trotting, all of the espionage and also the time travel. But inversion doesn't really seem like time travel, but kind of it's giving me like, can I reverse the line at Starbucks, get in front and then pick back up? So but then you said left is right and right is left. So can you explain what inversion is? Like kind of? Is that that a, a spoiler? Well, I, I kind of, or at okay. least that's what I'm okay. going to hide behind, you know, okay. um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you that's know, inversion, sad. I mean, it's, it's technology developed to be able to reverse the flow of time. I mean, tenant wow. is a palindrome, so it's the same frontwards, backwards, backwards, frontwards. But the uh, what you can't reverse is the point of entropy, which our, our, um, our movie deals with. So, I mean, in a sense, it's time travel, but in a sense, it's more about technology uh, and being able to to have moments, you know, of time that can be revisited, if you will. But that and that is the most that is the basic caveman explanation of what we're doing. But honestly, this film, as they say in the trailer, um, you know, don't try to understand it, feel it. That should be the mantra when you watch it, because um, even if you're not understanding um Entirely in its totality, the the technology being um, introduced in a film like this, you do feel and understand. I think can relate to the characters as in their journeys as they go through this, um, you know, through their journey in in a story like this and dealing with inversion and and spy espionage and secret agents and you know and the, you know the, just the the global scale of it. I mean, this film also 
remind you of what travel is like. You know, it takes on the movie takes on different personalities based on, you know, locations in Denmark and the Amalfi Coast, you know, Mumbai, India. I mean, that's a part of the allure. That's part of the excitement about uh, experiencing something like this, you know. Now, John Day, we couldn't we will be remiss without asking you about Chadwick Bozeman. And just in the sense that Hollywood is really, you know, we really lost um, when you and Charlie talk about black excellence, black excellence. Yeah. But yeah. there's something in his passing and learning and reading about how his tributes is how much speaking of time, how much he used, how well he used his time. And I think it was Lupita who said uh, she quoted by saying, take your time, but don't waste your time. So we mm. want to ask you, how do you see how do you see your time playing out? Like, what do you hope your legacy will be? And how do you and also looking at Chadwick's life and that he really went about selecting his roles with purpose, which you seem to do as well. So mm. how has his passing affected you as a fellow actor? Well, we we, um, you know, my heart, and my prayers go out to his family and his loved ones. We lost a, a great leader, you know, who who. So for many years, been the face of the franchise, if you will, you know, representing us well, you know, in you know, in big time movies, um, being the lead. Um, he was a humanitarian. He was he was, you know, he seemed to be a very spiritual person. He seemed to to care about the the art. He, he seemed to, and he was able, and he demonstrated that care through his hard work. Kept his private life. Kept his life private. You know, kept it all about work and about business. Um, what, what, what he's done for the community and he's given so he's injected hope and possibility in so many people that look like us, you know, historically black college grad, you know, he made it seem like it is possible that you can, that you can make it, you know, that you can make it your way that you don't have to compromise your art. You know, you don't have to compromise your, your, your humanity. You don't have to compromise your morals, you know, that's, and that, that that's going to hold strong. So I can only hope that um, my legacy you know, we'll, we'll echo that. I can only hope that um, that I can change somebody's life in a film that I'm in, that I can inspire somebody to do something, to to administer actual change, you know, that I can one day follow somebody who loved the movie or movies that I've been a part of. I can follow them into, you know, um, you know, peace in this in harmony and equality in this um, in our society. You know, that's what I feel like our, our industry uh, storytelling can do, always has been able to do that. Uh, whether it is escapism or something that we can relate to, somebody that that gives us hope that we can do something and be someone like Chadwick did for many years, I can I only hope the same. I want to um, to be able to work and continue to collaborate with auteurs, with with men and women who love what they do. That because I really do love this, you know, and you can tell Chadwick did too. So I uh, that that's what I want to keep doing. I want I almost feel like these next ten to fifteen years, God willing. Um, that I'm able to learn and, 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 and grow as an artist, continue to grow as an artist. Unlike football, your body will break down on you. But in this industry, you know, the roles get better as you get older, as you get wiser, as you become more confident in your abilities. You know, so um, I, I can only hope and wish that that's that's my future. I have to ask, too, being that you now have worked on Tenet, you've got this in the books. What has it informed you about your artistry? Like where where did you see yourself grow? Um, in many ways, um, you know, patience, confidence. It's an, it's 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 I've grown more confident because of you know men like Spike Lee and Christopher Nolan who believe in me. Because a lot of people didn't haven't. You know, um, this this sort of this this sort of notion to like having to, having to prove something all the time that that wave is subsiding. That's bad fuel. I don't I don't let that be the motivator or the driving force of, of my hard work anymore. I sort of lead with love and, and more of, uh, well, not love. When I, say, when I say that love for myself, I guess love and, and, and love for myself means, you know, confidence and, and, and um, assurance that I'm, I'm, I can do it. I'm good enough, you know? And um, that's what they've really aided me with those two directors, particularly. Um, and to be able to, know, and to know that there's people that love, what we do are very talented at what we do and are humble about it. The humility of it. You know, a lot of times in this industry, you know, there's attitudes, there's, there's egos, there's, you know, sometimes fueled by insecurity, which, you know, nobody's better than, but um, there is a way to treat people. There is a way of working with people. There is a way to collaborate. 
and seeing the two the, the, these two men who are at the top of their game, you know, who don't need any validation, who've who've proven themselves decades plus, seeing how they can still be humble, they can still have a hard work, a sort of prepubescent, you know, youthful, um, you know, approach to the to the work, to every day of it, the the just the joy that they have of it. There's no excuse to to act funny, you know, funny style. To be honest, and that's what it's informed me. Like, no matter what, where I'm, in, where I am in my career, as long as you still love it, continue to pursue it, and continue to tell the best story, the truest stories you can, and have the right attitude, because these men, who have exemplif- exemplified excellence, do, and have done. Okay, last last question. So, acting a dream since you were four. Here you are starring in the biggest action movie, the biggest of big screens, right? Top billing, as Corey said. What's the next dream? Have you thought about it? Are you, how, you know, we always say dream bigger. What's next after this? Dream bigger. Well, um, I don't know. Like I was saying, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to collaborate. And um, I mean, honestly, a big dream of mine is seeing, you know, people that look like us, you know, in these boardrooms that are calling the shots in these studios, you know, that are able to green light films, you know, um, to to be head, you know, to be top agents, to be representing us as well, you know, behind this behind the cameras. I mean, hopefully my films, the films that I'm a part of, you know, as I move forward will inspire that. You know, and you know, people that go to HBCUs that they can be a part of this industry, not just as a writer, director, or an actor, but they can represent that talent, you know, in in the, through the studio, whether it be a studio system or creating your own company own, you know, production company, it is possible. And building a stronger community of people that uh, that uh, look like us. Absolutely. Power to the people. Okay. <laughs> John David, thank you so much. Thank you, John thank David. You. Thank, thank you so much. Huge. Appreciate it. Plot twist. Charlie Penn. Corey. I just watched the finale of the, of um, P Valley. What epic, epic! I did not it's see that coming. Season. I knew Autumn was up to something, but I didn't know what exactly. Now you know I love a good plot twist, my sister. Ooh. Ooh. and that one was incredible. But I we we have we have more questions. We can, we can't figure this out just the two of us. Who, who can, can we call? Can we can we ask our fave? Not can other we, than Uncle Clifford. I, mean, I would love to talk to Uncle Clifford right now because I mean. The wisdom that he that he she brings that they bring. I think we should call. What you think? Okay. All right. I'm gonna get it over here. All right. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Hello. 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 Corey. Yes, Corey. Go. yes. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. <laughs> Hello, can we please? Thank you. Let's talk about this finale. Oh my god, wait, 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 first, wait, first, first. I, I, I made the mistake once. I was talking about you because I love talking about you, but I realized I may have tripped up your last name. So can you give us your name, please? Uh, the government is Nico Anand. Nico Anand, just like Kofi Anand. Ooh. So are you your is your father West African? Yeah, from Ghana. From Ghana. Oh, I'm I yeah. just found out that I'm from Ghana as well. I did my ancestry. Hey, it's a sin. Hello. <laughs> Where do we you begin? You are a mess. You are a mess. <laughs> you can begin with rule number one. Let the stage nope. be your stepping stone, not your tombstone. Ooh. Yes. That was so appropriate for the finale. <laughs> You know, the Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. I feel I give you the first, the first rule for the finale. You know, work it out like that. Y'all enjoy it. You have yeah. me thinking about turning doors, windows into doors, all the time. Though that's a whole other conversation. I'm like, okay. let me know my exit. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh that's right. God. But speaking of stages, um, one thing we want to say is, you know, we've read a lot about you and we know that you originated this role on stage with uh, the, the play, Pussy Valley, the play. Yes. Um, but we're curious. And actually, it was our associate producer who brought this up as a great question is mm-hmm. when you have performed it on stage, you know, you got an immediate reaction. 
um, from the audience and, you know, they fell in love with your character. But how has it been since it's now on screen when you, you know, you've, you filmed this, what, a year ago? Mm-hmm. And you have to wait for it to come and then you got to wait for like Black Twitter to give their their comments. Like, what is that? Explain to us about your new audience of P-Valley. Um, I think the process of it feels like divine order um, in terms of literally my career as an actor from the, the, the nose or not even having the space to, for, for a certain level of representation, you know, um, I identify as a black gay man, but to be able to play non-binary, to be able to play others, other components on the spectrum is great. And it feels like, I feel very honored to be able to, you know, honestly, most of my career I have played straight. So, I was told in training, I was that I was that black kid that was in the, the program and it was like, oh, in order to be successful, you're going to have to strip all that away. You got to throw all that away. And now I'm like, I'm sitting here in the biggest pot of chitlins and, and, and hog malls and, and grits and biscuits and gravy and all the things that I love about my people. You know what I'm saying? That that not and I'm not talking about the food, literally, but just the the heritage that we mm-hmm. all come from and to be able to bring that. So that's how I, it feels um, in the pandemic of it all, though, Corey, I'm not going to lie. It's it's a different experience. It's a different experience because you don't get that immediate reaction Mm -hmm. but honestly nothing about this charlie has been immediate other Mm -hmm. than the yes when i read it yes when i when i when i was asked do i do i want to be a part of it and offer the role yes all of those things ain't no different when he said can i use your boat you know (laughs) what i'm saying it ain't no different when he asked peter can i use your boat yes Mm -hmm. is the answer so uh it's a it's been a a wild journey with twitter and the social media because you get the likes, you get a lot of likes and things like that. And I don't really operate in that world, you know, right. so it, it was a very, it is a yeah, different You need process. to get verified. I am verified. You ain't oh, no, you, you better oh, pray on that. You better pray on that, Corey. You better okay, pray on my that. Because <laughs> listen, there's one verification that matters, but that blue check is cute, but there's <laughs> only another that matters. So, uh, <laughs> so even in all of that, like the stories literally of people reaching out that are reaching out beyond the like with more mm-hmm. intention. It feels, it, it, when I say divine, it feels blessed because I can, I can digest it on my own time. Uh, people are able to receive it and digest it on their own time. That's why I think one of the things, uh, beauty about streaming is, is and people go into the app because they can go to the app and get it when they want it. But um, just hearing from mothers that are strained from their, their children, whether they were operating more on a, a, a masculine spectrum or a feminine spectrum, but they have been estranged for whatever reason, saying that, you know, she sees different things in Uncle Clifford that reminds her of her son. And on the adverse of that, I've been hearing a lot from a lot of either non-binary or, or gay or lesbian Black community members that were talking about their grandparents and that relationship of love of, with, through the generations. So it goes so far beyond just the hype and, and, and the wop wop and, and the party party of it all, you know, but it includes that too. So that makes it even better. So it's mm-hmm. been great. I have to say, um, you know, we were, that was one of the things Corey and I were talking about before we, you know, jumped on to talk to you is how immediately and warmly P-Valley was received, right, by the community. It was instant, you know, and I love that you have now these, these Sundays where you have different Black stories being told and the diversity mm-hmm. of those stories and the same love. And, and uh, what does it feel like to see people love it as much as you all did making it? Because that was really instant for a new show. It feels like church. It feels like church. It feels like the cookout. It feels like home. It feels like home. I feel like regardless of if you have family that is from the South or you have grew up there, like as, as black and brown people of color, like you, you, we, there's, there's just like that connective thread, you know, there, I'll eat chitlins no more. You know what I'm saying? But I have in my life, you know, uh, I don't eat weed wings on a, on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, you know, a, a good hot wing, you know, strip club culture was a part of a lot of our rearing, you know, and it wasn't always looked at as something that was just sexual. Uh, it, it was a celebratory thing growing up in Detroit. 
I went to strip clubs, you know, for I've been there for bridal parties. I've been there for baby showers, <laughs> you know, um, everything. Yeah. And, and the strip clubs were known for actually really good food, you know, for like the good steak, you know, or the good wings and the fries. I don't know if that's because you're coming from the club and, you know, you've had a little Alizé, a little Syrah. <laughs> exactly. You know, but you just also get to have such um liberation liberation and i think that that works also for the dancers as well as the patrons uh because sometimes people forget the 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 power that it feels and the agency or the sense of agency that it has to even if you got fifty dollars for them to be all ones and for you to shower and bless somebody with it like that energy people feel like they matter they feel like they have some control literally when they but earlier throughout the day they were just at the mercy of whatever four men or whatever the man, the boss, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That they're going through. Isn't showering money uh, an African tradition? Like, yes. I've been to a wedding between a Nigerian and a, Ghana- a Ghanaian, and it w- I couldn't believe that they were showering money. Yes. It, I it, was like, it, what? It is, <laughs> it is a and Don't we? There are people who do it in church, who church that they go up and they give their offering and put it down at the, at the pulpit. Like, Pastor, you said that, you know. So uh, it's interesting how our traditions can be debased and, and, and demonized when it mm-hmm. initially starts from a place of love. Literally, even, like, just moving your body. When you yeah. go to, like, the when I think about our Caribbean cultures, you know, and you see, like, the little girls, the ba- they're babies, and they just wind them. And they just wind, and it's, they're just feeling their body, the body yeah. moving how it does. And it's like, all of a sudden, when you turn 14, don't do that, don't do that. You being bad, that you being fast. It's like, no, she's just feeling. He's just feeling the same way that they did as children. Because if a three-year-old does it, you're like, oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. So it's interesting how uh, we can actually even take on that, that, that concept of something being demonized as well. And I love the theme of love and family. I, I felt like a part of the pink family, right? I felt the sisterhood. Mm-hmm. I felt that Uncle Clifford was there, a father. You know, um, a mentor, a coach, mm-hmm. and also just the camaraderie and the togetherness and the sisterhood of the women. And I love seeing that story told yeah. because I, I, you know, I, I don't think we have. And I think it's important to talk about the power of our uh, chosen family, right? Come on. Yeah. And, I, you know, and uh, we don't see it enough. So right. let's talk about chosen family because I think that's what P Valley is all about. And it's beautiful to see that in such a major way. Yeah, it it definitely is intentional, but it's almost something that happens by osmosis. So listen, I'm talking to y'all over here at Essence and Yes Girl, so I'm going to say something. I don't have one. I don't have one, but I, I've been around, a, as a choreographer and a dancer, I've been around a ton of women. And you know that thing that happens when a group of women get together and y'all start to sink yes. on your cycles? You know what I'm saying? Welcome to <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so that sinking of the cycle is mm-hmm. is synonymous to me of like that sisterhood that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So we all would have something similar in that because we were all so vulnerable. We were all so bare, whether you were in your floss or whether Uncle Clifford was in something with the see-through and the skin. You know what I'm saying? Even little murder up there, you know, you know, the guys are topless, you know, and bottomless sometimes. There's an equality to the way that we all are are showing up for one another, you know, and I think that that is something that's refreshing. I also think that the same vibe that happens among women oftentimes in the the locker room, y'all don't look at each other like sexually. Y'all can run around you know, looking for, for, for your bra and you just got your panties on and and you know what I'm saying? And nobody's like, oh, look at you. It's just like Girl, help me out. You know, put this on. You know, it, it becomes more of a comfort. Yeah. yes comfort. And I feel like the same thing kind of happens in the club. We we all had that epiphany literally when we were shooting the pilot of it of the show, that it was just like, yo, we're doing this. We're doing this, and there's really only one one way that we can because it was. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was terrifying yet empowering the first time that, you know, you go out on that stage, whether you were getting up on the pole or not, even as Uncle Clifford, you know, you know, you may see Uncle Clifford on the pole and things like that, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, no, 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 no. but you got, the, you got your heels on, you know, you, you are an elevated six inches off of already an elevated stage. So you have to literally in that space of 
flight, like what do you do? What do you see? Where are you going? So it, it, it's a little bit of church. It's a little bit of uh, revelation. But the whole, the theme of the pole being like rising and like falling, that metaphor, you know, everybody is bopping to the song. And it's, I always say, climbing up the pole just to get out the bottom. You know, so you have this Ooh. bottom thing that you're going through. That's literally the lyrics of the theme song. People always like down in the valley where the down girls the get naked. I love on. how y'all all start bopping. I love how both of y'all start bopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, Nico, Nico. Okay, so we only have a few more minutes with you, and we got questions. All right, I'm gonna shoot them off. I'm gonna shoot them off. Shoot okay, them off. let's go. Who, whose blood is that under the door? <laughs> you can't. I know no. you're not a big. We knew it was gonna happen. Can we get some? Okay. <laughs> you can get some clues. You can get some clues. They are not at the funeral. It is the blood of the person who is not at the funeral. Mm. Okay. Mm. Why didn't Mississippi shoot her trifling ass baby daddy? Love makes you do strange things. Oh. The codependency. I think that also when, if you pay attention, if you take this time, you watch the, the finale. If you take the time and you go back, you will see that sometimes being color struck takes you to other places as well. Oh, yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? It Mm -hmm. is sometimes I think that, you know, internal racism is deeper than we think. Ooh, I'm confused. It ain't a show show just about stripping. These ladies are... I mean, you know, we're all for love is love, love is love. But I think but when we saw who her child's father was, I was like, oh, that was unexpected. Uh-huh. I didn't see that at all. I didn't Nobody see that. that coming. I think that that thread, even like on Twitter, like those kind of conversations was interesting because I was like, oh, would you be happier if this black woman was being beat by a black man? Would that make it better? And this is the black man that offered to kill her baby's father. So is she going to be any safer with the man that's going to kill somebody for her? Was she going to wake up with his hand around her neck? You know, what, what like just thinking about that but that what i think that that speaks to that reaction that people initially have is the black woman not feeling protected in america i also appreciate the twist with autumn and mercedes actually not hating each other mm-hmm. cuz you know i was like here we go like please don't put us <laughs> against each other well, right. it happens right and like the way they drag her with those light skin names although <laughs> Because yours was the best that episode where you said autumn. I mean, uh, September, October. Come over here. September, <laughs> I, I, wait, Charlie. I know you're asking a question, but one quick thing: yes. Are your lines ad libbed, or are they scripted, or a little bit of both? Scripted. Wow. My lines are scripted. They yes. just flow right out. They just yeah. seamless. Okay, it's, but go really, ahead. it's really it's really about the music, the music of the culture, the music of the South. Um, people talk about, oh, we don't sound like that. And I think that there's respectability politics that are often in, in play there, because I think that even when you say ratchet, like that's a compliment because that's like all that. That's everything you get in class and a little fast. So I think that sometimes, you know, let's not get caught up in, in all of that because we, we talk like Every there's so many different things. The code switching, our brains. We as black people are just amazing. So, yeah. Go ahead, Charlie. Like, what were you saying? You know what? Hold on. I can't. Doesn't matter what I was saying, Corey. Just <laughs> into another direction because now I want to say because we can't end without talking about this. You with Loretta Devine. Mm-hmm. That scene, that episode. I just felt like we were blessed all around. It was so special. So just yeah. take us back to filming that. What also, and it was the backdrop of your date with Little Murder. Hello. Which I want to add on top of what Charlie's saying, the way that y'all's relationship is being played out is so beautiful. Just the the sweetness of it, the fact that he put those lights in the car. And, oh, I grabbed my heart. I was like, mm. you know, when when you did not want to, you know, have be physical with him, he he then became physical with you. But but yes, but Miss Loretta Divine all day. And then that was an episode directed by Tasha Smith, correct? Yes, yeah. Tasha Smith directed episode Talk six about when, it. Uh, when Loretta first appeared. I think that it's really about the backdrop of who we all are and seeing the normalcy of life. 
you know, being able to see, oh, this is how Uncle Clifford truly cares for people because she is a caregiver. Even though Uncle Clifford using she and her as pronouns, you listen and you can hear even in grandmother's language and in in, in grandmother Ernestine in her language, she said Clifford came out the coochie switching. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there was already a level of acceptance. That level of acceptance spills over into how Little Murder and Uncle Clifford date. It is actually, I think, the 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 shock value or what's hitting people is that it's really normal. It's a regular situation, you know, um, despite the, the the disadvantages and the trials that they have to go through to be together. Yeah. And speaking of, don't think we missed that you are you guys were showcasing the the plight of generation trying to achieve generational wealth. Yes, yes, because right. inherited debt is real as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? You you could be on the hugest platform and you got this, and people think that you have so much, and it's like the first two years was literally about getting out the hole. And then, you know what I'm saying? Then yeah. the next two was about let me establish something that will be able to sustain me and the family then we can finally get into something about wealth <laughs> prior right. to you trying to piece it all together. So, you know, watch it's what we do for up, our children. That back. And it's great to see that on screen and to make those struggles real. Yeah. And to have the conversation and plant those seeds in all of our, in our audience, you know. Yeah. One more thing, going back to Charlie's question about Autumn. Was she plotting this whole time? I heard her, her, her ex-man said she was taking classes down at a strip club in Houston. Okay. Uh-huh. I was giving her credit for being a, you know, a, a, a novice, but uh-huh. she's been plotting this whole time. A massive Listen, the scene that really answers that question for me is in scene in episode seven. It is the beginning of the episode when you see her giving a pseudo lap dance to Montavious at home prior to the flood, uh, mm-hmm. prior to Hurricane Drake. She is literally in her bomb panties after they about to go to bed and then the baby cries, he gets up to go and, and takes care of the baby. I don't think that, I think that a woman being in tune with her body and her sexuality is normal. And that doesn't mean that she's a stripper. Mm-hmm. Just because she likes to dance, just because she knows how to whine, she is no different from that Caribbean girl at three that we talked about at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. So everybody Ooh. own your sexuality that and say yes, girl. Say yes, girl. Oh, I love that right now. <laughs> Thank you, Nico. Oh my God. Oh my God. We have Thank so many you. questions. All right, we're gonna do a part two. We're gonna do a part two. You gotta come on back. I will definitely come on back. I will definitely come on back. I, I love what you guys are doing. Of course, I love the platform and I love how it's increasing and changing for the generations. We may not have to turn the pages, but we are are are, are downloading now. We are yeah. downloading. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Everything. Y'all we rocking it digital and print. That's right. Everywhere she is. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you for P Valley. Thank you for this, you know, getting us through the pandemic, right, Corey? Getting us through. Happy. And Nico, we didn't get to talk about it because I know you're a full-fledged choreographer. So I'm gonna have to sign up me and my daughter for some classes. Yes. Okay. So the next time you be te- you, you know, teaching. But anyway, but thank you. Congratulations. We love the paint. We're glad it's safe. Thank you so much. Congratulations on season two. Yes. All right, I will see y'all on the in-between. You know, we okay. got to see each other on the in-between. We got to at least have that family reunion once a year, right? So, <laughs> yeah, and what about the Uncle Clifford fan clubs? I, I mean, I told you, we, Corey and I will be I there. Had, I had a GoFundMe <laughs> set up. Because I was on from episode one. I was like, we got to save the paint. Okay. It can't go nowhere. It can't. Seriously. So we'll see you. Bring us some I wings. All right. <laughs> Let's bring you some wings. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks to our special guests, John David Washington and Nico Annan. See you next week. Be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes Girl, Girl, such as our conversations with Raphael Sadiq, Kelly Rowland, Regina King, and Fantasia. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, be sure to rate us and review us. See you next week. Bye.